Jag biffade den. <laughs> oh, that's a good intro. Oh, week three. Seth Bouchelle. Seth Bouchelle? Seth Bouchelle. I can add more syllables than you can. Please do. Do it. I already did it. Do it again. Seth Bouchelle. <laughs> that's great. All right. Yeah, it's like, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Say that. Say that, Brian. Say that. Come on, do, no. it. do it, do it. Come on, man. Do it. All right, so we're with Seth again. Um, it's great. We, it's fun just to hang out with friends and just chat. So that's why we had one episode that became two episodes uh, the last couple of weeks. This is episode three, which is really the original idea that we had to talk to Seth. Um, and this is a, a spiritual formation tool that you all use for your missionaries. And so this yeah. episode is basically going to be a, a short training episode. So we're going to allow Seth to train us in the ways that he trains his missionaries. Is your hoodie on inside out? No. ADD. Look at that. What? Sorry. It looks like it's inside. It's a fair. It's a fair question given the the seams. Kind of looks like long underwear. No, it's just very nice. This is this right here. I only wear I only wear long sleeves when it's freezing cold because I get hot easily and it's like six degrees here today. Brutal. All right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract Anyway, us. so that's what, uh, besides this ridiculously long and ADD uh, written opening, we are just going to listen to, like, well, we can participate, Seth, don't get me wrong, but we want to give you the floor for sure. um, to train us. Yeah. When he says the floor, he means digital, the, the digital floor, the microphone, sure. the time. I appreciate it. Uh, I was confused, so thank you for explaining that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so uh, the the primary tool we use with spiritual formation for our leaders is what we call a training wheel, uh, which is a bit of a, a tongue-in-cheek kind of name in that we went through a lot of different leadership development tools that were all too complicated to be reproduced in the daily lives of our people. Mm -hmm. uh, and initially, we had, I think, relied too heavily on Discovery Bible as a leadership development tool uh, and that wasn't really how we saw it functioning and so what we said was okay how do we come up with something that is as discovery oriented as dbs but ask a different set of questions that are more in line with what we want to see in our leaders and so the initial question on that is okay well what what do we want to see in our leaders and to to harken back to the last podcast what i want to see in my leaders is a deep commitment to uh, listening to god and discernment where they are functioning in the lives of those they disciple more in that kind of midwife role of, okay, let's invite people into practicing different disciplines and let's help them reflect on and, and make decisions around what comes out of those practices. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what the training wheel is designed to facilitate. So when I get with my leaders, I'll just say, I typically with my more established leaders, I'll just say, Hey, tell me about your practice. But uh, occasionally, if we're trying to learn, it's like, okay, let's talk through the wheel. And there's just kind of three parts. So the hub of a wheel is solitude are those disciplines aimed at the interior life. And the spokes of the wheel are community. It is the support and structure that enables the spiritual life. And the rim of the wheel is ministry. And though the rim looks like the biggest part of the wheel, it's the most dependent. Ministry without solitude, without community collapses. Mm. And so what we're going to do in this tool is just talk through, okay, those are the three dimensions of, of your life as a disciple. Let's talk about them. Let's ask some questions, some very simple questions that are going to help facilitate this conversation. So, okay, let's, let's talk through the wheel. The first question is the hub of the wheel. What, uh, tell me about your practice 
what's coming out of solitude. Uh, what is God doing in you is the way I usually phrase it. And there's only really two kind of answers to that. It's either habit formation or character formation. And what I tell my leaders is whichever somebody says, ask them about the other one. So what is God doing in you? Well, I noticed that God's really helping me learn patience. Okay, well, that's character. Let's talk about habit. So God's helped me learn patience. That's fantastic. Tell me about what, what practices you've been doing that are helping you grow in patience. Or I really noticed, you know, God's teaching me about fasting or, or I'm reading my Bible more. Okay, well, that's a spiritual practice. So let's ask about the other one. Right. So what is the fruit coming out of that? You're reading scripture more. Tell me about, tell me about what that's producing or you're, you're experimenting with fasting. Tell me about what fruit's coming out of that. What is it teaching you? And the goal in this is to help them reflect on and make connections between those two dimensions of interior formation. Mm. What are the habits that are producing fruit in my life? What is the fruit I'm seeing and, and what habits does that come out of? Uh, and so then we're going to facilitate, we're going to transition from there to talking about communities. So what do you see God doing in the people around you? And again, there's only really two kind of answers to that. I either see God doing positive things in the life of others, or I see people experiencing hard times. And I think God is at work in that. And so again, my, my follow-up question is just going to be whatever they answer. Uh, if it's a positive thing, have you, have you told this other person what you see God doing? And if it, if it is more on the kind of suffering, experiencing negative things in, what, what do you think your role is in that as a disciple maker? What do you think God is inviting you into to walk alongside that person? Uh, and then the last question for ministry is just based on whatever conversation we've had up to that point. Okay, well, where where's God calling you to disciple others? So those kind of three very simple questions are what almost every conversation with one of my church leaders is going to look like. And the reason it is those uh, goes into our experience early on in, in movement, which is that over the course of time in Discovery Bible study, most of the people we were discipling do not realize the degree to which they have grown and matured in faith. Mm. And because DBS is so oriented toward the previous week, you know, how can we put this into practice? Who can we share this with? How did that go? It wasn't calling people to reflect long-term about their own spiritual development. It was more just since the last time we'd met. And so it was very easy for people to grow and mature in ways that they took for granted and didn't notice. And so didn't really experience the identity change because no one was ever asking to reflect on it. Mm. And so you get way down the road and you think, well, no, my life hasn't changed that much. And it's like, yeah, it has, but, but maybe you haven't taken the time to step back and reflect on that. Yeah. Man, uh, the other thing that we is that you know people shared pretty readily out of discovery bible study they would go retell these stories but they weren't uh growing to see those as as a ministry relationship that they had some responsibility in it was just sharing content and so that community question about okay well how how do you think god wants to use you in that have you taken the opportunity to speak that in other people's lives these are a complementary set of questions to shape their own self-perception vision of ministry that just wasn't coming naturally out of DBS, but is complementary to those same principles. Yeah. So I'm seeing this play out in two ways. I'm seeing it play out in a coaching relationship. So mm -hmm. how we're set up in uh, Casey Underground is like we we help coach people who say, I'm all in. I want to see the gospel plan and I want to see microchurches emerge. So uh, in a coaching relationship, that simple tool can be utilized mm -hmm. for the everyday missionary. But then you're saying that's also a reproducible tool 
where they yeah. could actually do that within their own discovery groups or micro churches, just a, yeah. just like a I mean, part of your own, maybe your own spiritual family rhythms where it's like, we're going to yeah. do this sometimes to reflect on what God has been doing. Yeah. So I would say it, the, the training wheel is the structure of conversation I have pretty much anytime I'm meeting with a church leader, you know, one-on-one or, or one-on-two, if there's multiple leaders in the church, uh, it's the conversation I'm modeling that they're going to probably reproduce with those they're discipling. And then probably two or three times a year, we're going to do it as a practice in church. Mm. So we, as the house church or micro church are going to have this conversation. And uh, it actually is one of my favorite things. Cause especially when you get to the community question about what do you see God doing the people around you Yeah, to watch a group of disciples speak that into each other's lives of here in the last, you know, it's been six months since we had this conversation. Here's what I've seen God doing in you. Here's the ways I'm seeing you grow it is a really powerful and intimate experience that needs to be given airtime. It, it needs to be given attention and focus. It's really good. I have some questions. Yes, Brian. I don't like this. No, <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think about how to um, contextualize this in, in our micro church. And hey, give me one second. Somebody's ringing my doorbell. Can we pause the recording? Pause. Pausing the recording. We're not pausing the recording. Yeah, well, you and I can. This is great. Yeah. What do you actually think about Seth? <laughs> this is kind of our time to. <laughs> I love Seth. I want to hear what he's saying, but I can't get past his voice. It's just like. Dulcet I'm, tones. I'm, I'm lost in it. So it's like I'm assuming the content's good. Yeah. But I'm just lost in the delivery. Very white. Uh, and not lost in a bad way. Right. Like <laughs> lost in a good way. You know what I mean? He moves yeah, I me. I don't. I don't normally see that longing in your eyes. <laughs> Is it getting weird? Yeah, I'm uncomfortable I'm, right I'm now. I'm leaning in big time into this man. He just sounds. He sounds good. But uh, yeah, I want to your your practical questions that you're about to ask again. Like, give us a little foretaste of that. <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> I don't have the same voice. No. I thought he'd be back by now, but he's not. So. Um, we can pause it. We can. Yeah, we're gonna have to pause it because I can't ask you these questions <laughs> and hope that he answers them when he comes back. We're gonna we're gonna make you do a little more work this week. And far as far as <sighs> editing, I'm sorry, buddy. I believe in you. I believe. I can fly. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I can touch the sky. <laughs> You cut that out. <laughs> There's no way I'm gonna know. Think about it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. Everyone, I believe I can soar. <laughs> no, there's no way I'm leaving all this in. <laughs> if he came back right now, I'd leave it all in. But another 30 seconds is just too much. <laughs> I don't know the next part. I spread my wings to the open. I need your singing voice, even if you're in falsetto. It's still good. What what movie was that in? Is that uh, is that Space Jam or Michael Free Willy? Sorry about that. My, yeah, that's R. Kelly from Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm really. T- I think I'm gonna leave it all. Uh, in. That's good, that was good stuff. I just want to apologize in. to the listener, but also say this episode <laughs> brought to you by. <laughs> I don't know who was at your door, but I hope they could hear all of that. <laughs> They're like, what is going on? All right, so here are the, the questions. 
Yeah, that was my landlord's son. That was me. Yeah. Um, so I I just drew a wheel on my notebook here, and stellar. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know how stellar it is. My kids can draw much better than this, and I'm just trying to draw a wheel. Um. So the questions I wrote were, what, where do you see Jesus at work in your life? Yeah. And then responding with. Where do you think Jesus is calling you to join him in your own life? Yeah. So I actually phrase those questions a little differently than that. So my question for the hub of the wheel is what is God doing in you? And what I often find is that people will answer with ministry answers. And I want to redirect that mm. because this tool is not about, it's not assessing strategy. This is not a planning meeting. This is around reflecting on the spiritual formation practices yeah. and what fruits come out of them. Because if we don't have practice reflecting and articulating those things, then we're likely not to have a deep understanding of what's forming us. And so in your life, okay, well, we're going to get a lot of conversation around that in typical house church anyway. But what is God doing in you? What are the practices in your prayer time that are forming you? How is the fruit and the habit connected? And then what is God doing in the people around you? Because again, this is, this is around that discipline of discernment. That we're going to pay attention to God and the move of God to try to interpret and respond to it. And that's going to require some intentional conversation about our prayer practices, not just where, what is God doing in your life, but what, what are you doing in terms of your interior life? Here, hold on one second. They're back at the door. <laughs> so. Uh, I believe I <laughs> I'll have to cut this piece out. <laughs> Sorry, my house flooded this week, so we're trying to get a contractor to come in and repair, but it has to be a day it's above freezing. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Right. Anyway, go. All right, so what, what if you rephrase the question with, like, where do you see Jesus at work to develop your character? I mean, again, that's fine, but I want to leave it a little more open-ended because we're thinking about it in terms of the different facets of discipleship. Okay. So there's you as an individual, there's you in community, and there's you as a minister. All right. Yeah. Uh, but again, it, you know, it's not a formula. I don't really think it matters all that much how you phrase it. The, hey, just, the do it, point like, is, just do it with are Corey. You getting at, yeah. Do, do it with uh, Corey now. Do you want me to be, yeah. do you want me to answer like seriously? Yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, I, just, Corey, like, I want to see it in action. Well, and this, so. this is a conversation Corey and I've had. So, Corey, tell me about your practice. That's how you open. Tell me about your practice. Well, it depends. So, like I said, if if I'm with somebody that's newer at this, I'm probably going to say, "What is God doing in you?" Let's pretend like Corey's new at this. Yeah, so I'm that new. I can learn this. Teach okay. me, teach me your ways, though. So, yeah, Corey, I uh, I'm interested in in your prayer life. Tell me about what God's been doing in you. Oh man, God has been taking me to a place where I actually enjoy being still and hanging out mm -hmm. with him. We talked about that last podcast. Uh, he's taken me to a place where if I get um, overwhelmed or see that I want to take over, uh, that like I'm actually able to stop and be like, okay, God, I recognize this. I'm going to just like trust that you're doing your thing and it's not, yeah. and I don't control it. So tell what, what is the fruit you've seen come out of that as a practice? I have seen 
anxiety way less in my life. I have seen um, so so much before. I would always I would just stress out about um, results. I would stress mm-hmm. out about what is seen, um, how I spend my days. Is it validating? You know, like a lot of that stuff. And I've seen now just a a, a piece that mm-hmm. is. I mean, truly, it's. Uh, I love that I don't have to make this up right now. This is right. God, God's been doing some really cool stuff in me the last six months, and so that really is like there's a there's a kind of a a, a less stressed, more peaceful, mm. just like way of in my spirit that is just different than it used to be. Yeah, tell tell me on a really practical level, what does that look like as a prayer practice? What's the time look like? Yeah, uh, so. I can compare it to what it used to be. Like I used to kind of sit down and I'd have this time where I would like maybe spend a couple minutes. I'd listen to a worship song and then I would dive like immediately into like some reading scripture and then write reflection thoughts on that. And then like even start to pray for different pockets of ministry that I'm involved in. And it, it almost, it, it went to this feel of even in my prayer life, it was about doing, 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 doing. Um, and so what I've, I've tried to basically schedule this prayer time where I don't have any kind of agenda where like I will sit down and I'll usually will, yeah, maybe listen to one or maybe five worship songs <laughs> depending on how much, like how much I just need to chill. And then like, I will just, I'll actually change music over the very practically. I change from music that has words to then just kind of this like background, like uh, just instrumental music. And it's almost like a transition in my own spirit where I'm just, now I'm just chilling. And, yeah. uh, and, and so sometimes I'll ask, like, I'll actually ask God a specific question, you know, and just like sit and listen. And then by the way, the ADD goes, it still goes nuts a lot. Oh, yeah. So that's why I, I have that longer time. And so there are times when I will sit there for an hour and literally get quote unquote, nothing done in the sense of prayer. And there's other times that, you know, it's just like, cool, I'm, I'm with God. And then, hey, okay, now I'll pick up my Bible and start reading. But it's, the, the way of is so different because I'm not getting yeah. towards an end goal. I'm, yeah. I'm just being. Seth Bouchel taught me that. Yeah, tell, tell me about the way that's coming out in your relationships. What do you see God doing to the people around you? I think my wife in, uh, enjoys me more. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like I, there's not a there's not a like uh, anxiety that comes in like my parenting or as my in my uh, husbanding as much mm-hmm. as before. So I think I'm just peace has residual effects, you know, in in relationships. Sure. Uh, and then so that is big. And then also just in in ministry relationships, I feel like I'm much quicker to just trust that God is at work without mm-hmm. having to manipulate you know, like even if I can't wrap my mind around the vision of something, I can actually like trust that God is actually at work without having to micromanage it. Yeah. Once an episode, Once there's an episode. the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that with, with the people that you're discipling. Uh, have you talked to them about the practice? Mm, let me th- I've got a different context of, uh, not really. Just holding on to that one yourself. I mean, I'll, 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 it'll come up in stories, you know, like describing it, but I haven't really like purposefully walked through it with people. It's like, hey, you should, you know, practice this way of. Yeah. So what what would that look like to try to bring your prayer life more into ministry? In that regard. Yeah. 
I would say probably I'm thinking through we have some hubs here in Kansas City and I'm thinking through hub teams and even our way of praying together is a little too business like. So I mean just even just walking us through that same idea of like we're just gonna sit and listen to God for for a little bit before we start rolling or we're gonna like yeah, just have less agenda in our prayer time. That could be pretty cool. That could be a reproducible environment for that. Yeah. So, Brian, that's a pretty typical hmm. way to walk through this. Now, I would say this is not a part of the training wheel, but in terms of our own spiritual formation, there's usually three questions I'm going to ask my leaders that are more metrics questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are not numerical metrics. They're prayer metrics. Mm-hmm. Qual- qualitative so, versus quantitative. Exactly. So, Corey, if if you're willing, let's continue this without the interruption, but this is no one, no one listens to this anyway. So it's just the three. Of us. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I won't, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, the, the three questions I'm pretty much always going to ask my church leaders are as follows. And if you'll just indulge me still, uh, Corey, who or what is God in this season of prayer? You know, we, we pretty much always relate yeah. to God through image or metaphor. Who's, who's God in the season. Seth has asked me this question many times. And I will honestly, it's bothered me a few times because oh, I don't know. I've I am who I am. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's really good because I I remember specifically answering that question differently last time you pre sabbatical, mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't bad. It was just that season of life, and I I do I I see um that metaphor that you know that song lean back, uh, in the loving arms of your beautiful you know that that worship song and Seth does not know oh that. I think Seth knows no. <laughs> Uh, I thought we were talking about Fat Joe. I was like, yes, I know Lean Back. I feel we've had this exact conversation before, <laughs> that exact same conversation. Uh, but that that to me, and it probably was the last time you asked me that question, was, is is the metaphor of like, a, you know, truly like a, love, a loving father. It's just like, yeah, hey, hey chill with me. And yeah. that, I'm, I'm a meathead, fellas. Like, I'm not the, the deepest of thinkers. I love sports you and said it, explosions me. and movies. And so like that, that to me is actually a relatively big deal. That that yeah. who who God is right now in my life. Yeah, tell me what kind of father is God? Mm. He's one that like I, he doesn't have to look at me and be like, okay, you've got to do this to for me to be happy with you. Like I'm cool yeah. with just being with you right now. Ooh. Are you are you the adult child in this relationship, or are you a small child? I am. I'm a I'm not a little kid in this picture. No. I'm I'm an I'm an adult child. Yeah. That's such a good yeah. question. Corey, tell me about the last time you intentionally took time to grieve. Hmm. In, in, what do you mean intentionally? Like I'm scheduling uh, a time to grieve or Well, in the sense that you did it on purpose, it didn't spill over. Hmm. Wow. I have no idea. Mm. Like, without getting too crazy personal in a, on this podcast. On a recorded um, podcast, yeah. I'm thinking... Uh, sure, we're only talking about prayer. No need to get intimate. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've had, we've had some big tragedy in our lives, my wife and I, and so we've, we have a, a regular rhythm where we, we visit a, um, yeah, the, the grave of a, a daughter that we lost. And so that is, that's a part of our rhythm as a family, sure. but that is not, I can't think of the last time we do that. Man, that is times. a rich question. Yeah. I, like, Cause I can immediately think of when, when you ask that question, 
I can, I can answer that question. I'm not going to on this recorded podcast, but sure. even beyond just like significant tragedy to say like, mm. I'm feeling a sense of disconnect with my neighbor or I'm feeling a sense of frustration with my parent or whatever, where it's like, yeah. I'm, can I just bring that? Do you have a regular practice of just in the mundane grieving those yeah. things to say, God, this hurts? Mm. I think, you know, I, I think if you see the world through the eyes that God does, mm. everybody's life is going to break your heart, including your own. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we, let's stop. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, man. Well, but no, really, I mean, I, there's almost there's almost no way to do the ministry that we do You're right. and not be deeply in touch with the groaning of the world. And, you know, the story I've told in evangelism more than just about any other is Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. I literally just because, did a DBS on that with my yeah, kids this morning. Because I, I think it's worth asking the question, why would Jesus weep for something he's going to undo? Mm-hmm. Why would Jesus stop to grieve before raising Lazarus from the dead? He knows this is not even going to be a thing in a minute. Mm-hmm. Why grieve? And I think there's something deeply godly about grieving for the world in a way that doesn't, it's not a loss of hope. Mm-mm. It's not cynicism. It's just a respect for the reality of the lives of people we, we love. Mm. And I have good insight into the health of my church leaders when I know what their grief practice looks like, because if they don't remember the last time they grieved, they're probably repressing or avoiding it. Oh, you're repressing and avoiding. <laughs> no, I don't think so. We're just on a podcast, but but in that same sense, you know, and and similarly, you know, asking who or what is God, we relate to God almost entirely through image or metaphor. Yeah. If if the identity or or experience of God in this season is not clear to me, that's something I want the people in my community to know. If it's not elastic, if it never changes, God is always a judge, never a father. God is always a king, but never a hen that gathers her chicks under her wings. Mm. You know, like the, yeah. the elasticity of God is an indication of my ability to discern the movement of God in, in ministry and in my life. Because to your point from earlier, Brian, I, I take that very seriously. That if you ask God God's name, the answer is I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so we're just keeping up in terms of uh, <laughs> any any image that God can't transcend is likely to be an idol. And idolatry gets more airtime than almost anything in scripture in terms of sin. And so we're constantly in danger of making an idol out of God and making an idol out of the ministry. And so we need to have a conversation about who or what is God right now? What is your role in that analogy? What is that? How does that play itself out so that we can see over time, both the, the way that their own pictures of God develop. And also the way our theology is coming out of our. I was asking my leaders in Corey, if you'll indulge me. Uh, when's the last time you intentionally had fun? Uh, sorry, you're, you're cut out. <laughs> yeah. quite, sorry, the, the, you were cut out just for a sec, so it sped up. You said, when's the last time you intentionally had fun? I did say that. Oh, I'm good at that one. Yesterday morning. What about the whole time we've been laughing in here? Uh, that's just spillover, man. Oh, that's, that's not even. Pity. I don't even have to plan that. It's so natural. It's God, so it hurts. No, I'm, that's so yeah. real. It's so like it's just there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I do have good rhythms of recreation in my life, and I play yeah. basketball with friends every Wednesday morning, and I early morning I protect that time. Yeah, which again, I think you know, communities that can't play together begin to become a function, not relationships. 
preach that. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the litmus tests for, I think, the spiritual health of a community is their ability to waste time together, to play, to have fun. Amen. Yeah. One, because no relationships can maintain the kind of intensity all the time without becoming just a therapeutic function. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, two, it's really hard to resent people you can play with. And so it's, it's helpful for balancing the amount of conflict that comes out of churches. But I think also, especially in our context, to play with no other purpose is an act of, of sort of prophetic defiance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, is a, it is a sign of a deep trust in God in the midst of what is often just chaotic and, and painful yeah. in life. Yeah. That's such, that's such a good word for spiritual families because we lean into this a lot. Brian talks about this a lot is like the, we're not just the, a, a, a church is not just our gathering times together. Like that's, not group there. yeah, we, we are, we are a spiritual family that has various rhythms and you better believe a healthy spiritual family has fun together and does yeah. things just to have fun and be together. So I, I love that. That's really good. We, we tend to, we, some some people really do gloss over that. Um, I don't as much because I gloss over some of the other uh, probably deeper sure. things that we need to do. But man, I, I'm actually pretty good at having fun. Let's. Uh, yeah, you are. Hey, thanks, buddy. Well, and so I think you know the the wheel are are the questions you talked about earlier. It's just talking through the phases of discipleship, solitude, community, ministry. What has God up to? What are the things that that we're clearly identifying, reflecting on? Is helpful to step into that. And in those kind of metrics questions, these are the conversations I'm having every time I'm with my church leaders. These are the ones they're reproducing with the leaders they're forming. And so what we're going to do is in the context of DBS, we're going to identify certain practices we want to try as a community. And then these conversations are the way that we uh, reflect on and make decisions out of those practices. And so I, hopefully you can see the way in which my role here is not as teacher. I'm not instructing you. I'm asking you questions. Mm -hmm. so good. And the expectation is that you have formative practices. You are paying attention in your daily life. And this conversation is teasing that out. Yes. But this is more of a midwifery role than it is parent or teacher in the way that the power dynamic functions. And it's much more reproducible for that reason by new disciples who don't need to be experts to facilitate yep. this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Those are pillars of everything that we talk about in ministry, and it's just it's playing itself out in yet another level. Is it's not just about um, what you're learning in the Bible and how you're walking that out. Um, it's it's about even some of the deeper, the the rhythms of your your personal life. The yeah, the depths of formation. That's man. I I hope that listeners are hearing this, and even even if it's just one question that you hear Seth ask and like, Ooh, I'm going to steal that like that. Or if it's the entire tool, which we would highly recommend. Can we, how do we steal this? Do you have this in like a nice little like document? Um, we have, this well, recorded. yeah, I mean, I, 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 can give you guys a, I can give you guys a PDF to attach to this. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it's in our e-course, which I think uh, you can access online. It's, it's in an old global city mission podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, from back in the day. And then I would also say nice self-promotion. Uh, I have a, a book coming out soon that talks about this topic. I mean, it's, it's spiritual formation and prayer for kind of post Christendom ministry. Uh, it's not out yet, but you can get the book that it's a follow-up to called lost faith. Uh, and lost faith is kind of a contemplative evangelism book. 
Lost Faith by Seth Boucher. <laughs> you figure out how to spell it. It is, <laughs> and it really is very, very, very good. I got it early on. He didn't ask me to like write, you know, like a review to actually go in the book. Oh, that's not surprising. Yeah, it, it's not. Are you it? surprised? I, I'm not surprised. More hurt. Oh, okay. Yeah, but anyway, we can talk about that later. You're so. great at writing those kinds of things, though. Thanks, man. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so that no, that is a good plug. Uh, you should just go to Amazon <laughs> and uh, check out Seth Seth Bouchale. And I, so I don't do a good Southern accent. It's no, it's, it's very forced. Um, but no, man, I, I do like I, if we can steal that PDF and figure out a way. Yeah, to, to, uh, I'd be to happy to send it to you to, to attach to the podcast. Yeah. Put it in the show notes, Anchor FM. Yeah, yeah. This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, any uh, any any famous last words here that you'd want to throw out to a group of, of missionaries here in Kansas City yeah, trying to see this happen? Yeah, I think so, uh, it, which is usually kind of my ending note. You know, that, that question of who or what is God is rooted in a maxim I tell my church leaders a lot, which is that what you believe about God determines what it means to be godly. Mm. Um, our picture of God is the foundation of our theology. And so, you know, if God can't stand to be in the presence of sin, well, then godly people are going to have a real hard time hanging out with sinners. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And so in that sense, I think uh, a picture of a God who grieves is especially important in our context. But what I believe more strongly than almost anything is that God is not anxious about the status of kingdom and mission in the world. Mm. God is not afraid about the ultimate success of God's own mission in the world. And so it is godly for me not to be either. And probably the clearest litmus test of, of whether or not I have a healthy and true picture of God is going to be my own emotional, uh, the way in which I cling to my own ministry and mission. Because if I'm overly anxious and controlling about it, that is probably a reflection that I don't see it the way God does. I got nothing, man. I was sitting with all that. No, that's, that's so good. Seth, man, again, thank you so much for jumping on board for these three podcasts in a row. Really, really, sure. really helpful. Really good stuff. Getting Even getting in the weeds of um, – it's just, it's just more than, hey, go do this Discovery Bible study or more than, you know – these stops in the missionary pathway, just the the depth of what it looks like to have our entire being submitted to Jesus and just let him do his thing in our lives. And uh, we we can't shortcut that for the sake of mission and ministry. Like we got to, yeah. we got to press in hard. And if that's doing the hard work, uh, whatever that looks like in our lives. And so thanks man for giving us tools and language for that. And uh, yeah. you sound beautiful as always. Thank you. Good luck to your editor. <laughs> we'll make it alright I'm just kidding y'all don't edit these <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna delete them alright see you Seth thanks for listening to the underground podcast we hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge if you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. 
If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.